Section 25 of the Three Commanders. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Three Commanders by William Henry Giles Kingston. Chapter 18. The fearful Christmas of 1854 was over and of the troops which in gallant array had left england more than one half had died or been disabled by the shot of the enemy or the still more deadly pestilence suffering such as an english army had never before been called upon to endure had been borne with fortitude the siege notwithstanding had been carried on and now reinforcements and clothing and stores and provisions were arriving in the camp of the allies affairs looked brighter than they had done for many a day the fleet notwithstanding the battering some of the ships had received at the opening of the bombardment was in as efficient a state as ever it had rendered good service at eupatoria in assisting the turks to defend the place against a powerful force of russians which had been driven back with great loss the naval brigade had been doing good service on shore not only in the batteries but by laying down a railway from balaclava to the jaranese by which the transport of heavy guns ammunition and stores was greatly facilitated the tornado had not been idle though in consequence of the straining her engines had received during the storm she had been compelled to remain some time at constantinople to have them set to rights once more she was steaming across the waters of the black sea with another vessel of similar size in company the giaour will beat us if we can't get up more steam observed jack to his first lieutenant who was walking the deck with him we have on our full power and are doing our utmost answered higson the gears engines are new and we must make up our minds i suspect to let commander murray get ahead of us i'm always happy to follow wherever he leads said jack if there is work to be done he'll find out the way to do it the gear was coming up slowly on the tornado's quarter gaining foot after foot but never losing an inch so that at length she was abreast of her both vessels were steering for sebastopol the land was soon afterwards made and as they approached the admiral's flag was seen flying at the masthead of the royal albert a magnificent three-decker of a hundred and thirty guns to which sir edmund lyons had shifted it from the agamemnon she and several other english and french line-of-battle ships lay across the entrance of the harbour effectually preventing any of the enemy's ships from getting out the admiral is speaking to us in the guiar said tom who was acting as signal midshipman let's see what he is saying said jack looking at the signal book it's keep under way and commanders to repair on board the admiral's ship we are to be sent somewhere together i hope the two steamers closed rapidly with the fleet beyond which could be seen the frowning batteries on the other side of the harbour of sebastopol while on the right appeared thin curls of smoke marking the course of the shells thrown from the lines of the allies into the city and those sent by the batteries in return while the thunder of the artillery was heard with fearful distinctness on reaching the flagship jack and murray went on board where they received directions to take a part in the work which had been going on nightly 
some time before the boats of the fleet had set up signals on shore within reach of the french camp and men were sent down soon after dark to light them by their means every night an english and french steamer had stood in and shelled the town greatly to the astonishment of the russians who were utterly unprepared for such a mode of attack they of course fired in return but as they could scarcely see their foes the ships were but seldom struck while not only did they commit a good deal of harm but thus harassed the garrison by night as well as by day jack was to take the lead that night in company with the french ship all hands were well pleased at the work cut out for them and eagerly looked forward to the hours of darkness when they might begin shelling the enemy little troubled by the thoughts of the shot which might be sent on board them from the russian guns in return tom and archie were especially in high glee at the thoughts of what they were to do who knows but one of our shells may burst in one of the enemy's chief magazines or knock down some of their defences and allow the allies to take the place said tom we shall not be much the wiser if we do do it observed archie and depend upon it they will insist that it was their own guns did the work soon after dark the tornado and her french consort steamed in towards the harbour steering by the lights which had been placed on shore the screws made but little noise and perfect silence was maintained on board so that the enemy could not discover their whereabouts till they opened fire the lights were so placed as to enable them to know with terrible accuracy the position of the forts into which they were to fire as they glided onwards through the darkness for some minutes together not a sound was heard in the direction of the beleaguered city which to all appearance lay in profound slumber then came from the far distance the reports of a few dropping shots showing that the riflemen of both parties were awake they again ceased and the same silence as before reigned over the scene the tornado's heavy guns were loaded and elevated to throw their shot into the city and their crews stood ready to fire at the word of command jack waited till his ship had reached the point he was directed to gain fire he shouted the next instant the loud roar of his guns echoed through the harbour arousing many a weary sleeper in the russian fortifications the french ship immediately fired her guns in rapid succession and then both vessels steamed round away from the spot they had previously occupied towards which numberless russian guns immediately directed their fire though not a shot touched either of them the tornado's guns were reloaded and standing back she rapidly discharged them the french ship following her example again the shot from the forts came rushing through the air falling around the ships but without striking them in this way they continued circling round now firing from one point now from another and each time after firing taking different directions at length every gun which could be brought to bear on the harbour began to play upon them but by keeping ever on the move for a considerable time not a shot took effect at length as tom and archie were standing close together a shot from one of the heights whistled by close to their heads and struck the bulwarks behind them i say tom if that shot had been a few inches on one side where should you and i have been by this time said archie not a pleasant subject for contemplation answered tom however a miss is as good as a mile i've been thinking seriously of the matter observed archie not that i'm afraid but i'm very sure that we ought to be prepared to go out of the world seeing that at any moment either of us may lose our lives it doesn't do to think of that sort of thing said tom not liking archie's tone now there you're wrong i believe that it is much wiser to think about it than to be taken unprepared replied archie my cousin alec thinks very seriously and no one can say 
but he is not as brave an officer as any man in the fleet i tell you honestly that i have been saying my prayers and asking god to help me to take him at his word and to trust to his plan of salvation that is what i want you to do tom also i should be very miserable if i saw you killed and could not feel sure that you had gone to heaven i should be unhappy in either case but it would be ten times worse if i thought that i should not meet you again do you really archie think that i am so wicked that if i was to be killed i should not go to heaven said tom only know what the bible says about it and i believe that answered archie firmly just obey god and you'll be all right and it won't make you a bit less brave than you are now i will said tom still i hope that neither you nor i will be hit to-night though the shots are falling pretty thickly about us the moment after he had spoken a loud cry was heard from one of the crew of the nearest gun and the sound of a person falling heavily they sprang to the spot and found a seaman stretched on the deck they tried to lift him up but inexperienced though they were they both felt convinced that he was dead others coming up confirmed their opinion the shot had struck his chest and killed him in a moment notwithstanding the heavy fire to which his ship was exposed jack continued at his post firing away till the hour arrived at which he was directed to leave the harbour and he and his french consort steamed away to rejoin the fleet tom was unusually serious during the following day i say rogers what's the matter with you asked billy blue blazes he didn't quite like the fun we had last night observed dicky duff i'll tell you what youngster said tom you wouldn't have thought it any fun if either of you had one of those russian round shot walking into you as poor norris had on which tom spoke to them as archie had been speaking to him much to the latter's satisfaction for it showed him that his words had not been thrown away tom indeed afterwards came to him and begged that he would get out his bible and more fully explain what he had been talking about on the previous night archie gladly did so it was the beginning of many bible readings they had together others joined them and they then to their surprise found that several of the men had long been in the practice of meeting together to pray and study god's word they heard also that such was done on board many of the ships in the fleet and that the men who thus occupied themselves were looked upon as the best and steadiest of their respective crews the next night murray was directed to stand in and engage the forts also accompanied by a french ship thus night after night the fleet harassed the unfortunate garrison while the guns of the besieging army played on them in the daytime giving them no rest during the four-and-twenty hours a short time after this a considerable squadron composed of english french and turkish ships with some thousand troops on board proceeded to the eastward for the purpose of attacking kerch at the entrance of the sea of azov well might the garrison of sebastopol have felt alarm when they saw the fleet sailing past the mouth of their harbour for on the shores of that inland sea were placed the chief granaries from which they drew their supplies of provisions the tornado and Giaur, with numerous other steam vessels accompanied the fleet passing along the rocky and picturesque southern shore of the crimea the expedition soon came off cape st paul in a small bay near which the troops were landed without a casualty the steam vessels scattering a body of cossacks the only hostile force that appeared to dispute the disembarkation the line of battleships continued their course along the coast which at every available spot was strongly fortified the ships were standing in to attack the batteries when a thundering roar was heard the concussion from which shook even the vessels at sea another and another followed the russians are performing our work for us 
and saving her majesty a considerable expenditure of gunpowder observed higson to his commander i'm afraid if they play that trick of which they seem so fond they will leave us nothing to do never fear we shall be too quick for them answered jack and from what i hear there are numerous magazines all round the coast the inhabitants of kirch must be glad to save their town from a bombardment for really it is a much handsomer place than i expected to find in this part of the world and those lofty stone houses give it a very imposing appearance observed higson at all events we shall not have injured them observed jack we are especially directed to do as little harm as possible to private property and to let the russians understand that we are not warring with them but with the emperor and his government the fleet having thus gained a bloodless victory the line of battle ships came to an anchor the larger number of the steamers proceeded into the sea of azov while the remainder were sent along the coast to look out for any vessels which might have been concealed in any of the inlets or deep bays with which it is everywhere indented a tornado was ordered on this service greatly to the disappointment of her crew who expected to have more stirring work within the straits she had just lost sight of the fleet when standing in as close as she could venture jos green who was forward observed a light cloud of smoke ascending above a rocky point the summit of which was feathered with a grove of lofty trees it was a question however whether the smoke proceeded from a fire on shore or from the funnel of a steamer green inclined to the latter opinion it had moved some distance since he first sighted it he declared so that it must come from a steamer on her way out to sea the tornado stood on keeping as close in shore as possible so that her presence might not be discovered till the other vessel had got well clear of the point after that jack hoped to get up to her before she could run in anywhere else for shelter a suppressed cheer from those on deck showed that green was right and the tornado stood away after the stranger the latter was no laggard and it was soon evident that the tornado must do her best if she was to come up with her the chase though a vessel of some size showed no inclination to come to close quarters with her pursuer if we can but keep her in sight we shall catch her at last said jack and if she runs into any harbour we must follow her or send the boats in after her we haven't had anything so exciting for a long time said tom i hope that we may have to cut her out with the boats her crew will blow her up sooner than let us do that observed archie the russians seem to be fonder of that sort of thing than fighting the chase however kept well ahead and there seemed a good prospect should night come on of her escaping altogether still the tornado was really going faster than the russian vessel though so slight was the difference of speed that at first it was scarcely discernible at length however jack considered that he had got the russian vessel within range of his long guns and was on the point of issuing the order to fire when a shot from her came flying across the intervening space but fell some twenty fathoms or so short of its mark and now let's see what we can do cried jack starboard the helm steady now fire the tornado's shot struck the russian's counter apparently committing a considerable amount of damage the first specimen of the power of his pursuer's guns seemed to satisfy him that he had better not engage at close quarters the dense volumes of smoke which issued from his funnel proved that he was endeavouring to get more steam in the hopes of still keeping ahead as the tornado could not be made to move faster than she was then going jack had to content himself with the prospect of the chases getting on shore running short of coal or of some accident happening to her machinery another shot was tried but it fell short showing that she had again drawn ahead some miles more had been run when green brought the chart on deck and pointed out a fort 
situated on the shores of a bay a short distance off the chase had evidently been making for that and thinks that she will be secure under its guns he observed we'll stand on and attack both ship and fort together said jack we'll sink the ship first and then knock the fort to pieces in about ten minutes more the chase rounded a point when a bay opened out on the farther side of which appeared a strong-looking fort guarding the mouth of a river which ran into the bay she may escape us after all if she runs up that river observed higson unless we can first silence the guns of the fort and then follow her we must just do that same then and if we can't knock the fort to pieces with our guns we must land and storm it said jack his remark was received with universal satisfaction as no one thought of the superior number of the garrison likely to oppose them the chase was now more eagerly watched than ever it being fully expected that she would run up the river to escape them instead however of doing so as she drew near the fort she let off her steam and came to an anchor close under its guns now we've got her cried jack exultingly the tornado stood on to within half a mile of the fort when she opened fire on it and now on the ship which fired with some spirit in return but as the tornado kept moving about their shot invariably missed her she had been thus engaged for a quarter of an hour or more her guns having told with considerable effect on the russian vessel when a column of smoke was seen ascending at some little distance behind the fort apparently from the river that must proceed from another steamer coming down to assist our friend observed higson and see there is another rising just beyond it we shall have no lack of enemies to fight we must settle with the first then as soon as possible cried jack in a cheery tone we'll then take the others in detail the crew cheered as they heard his remark and worked away at the guns with redoubled zeal several shot had struck the vessel under the fort first one of her guns ceased firing then another and another still she kept her colors flying and in another minute the bows of a steamer were seen emerging from the mouth of the river a shot was instantly fired at her it struck her bulwarks and evidently caused some damage instead however of running under the guns of the fort she stood away up the bay evidently not wishing to come to close quarters with the audacious stranger a few minutes afterwards another vessel appeared which receiving one of the tornado's shot followed the example of the first after getting nearly two miles away they brought their broadsides round and opened a brisk fire the tornado however moving rapidly about as before escaped every one of their shot while she fired her guns as they came to bear on her antagonists and seldom failed to haul one or other of them still their guns were of heavier caliber than hers and their shot frequently went far beyond her and she had to stand towards them to make hers tell with effect at length a shot came crashing on board just abaft the funnel wounding one man severely and another tim nolan slightly hurrah now it's but a flea bite he exclaimed getting a shipmate to bind a handkerchief round his shoulder we've given them more than that already and it's better than having the funnel shot away still jack had no intention of abandoning the attack and wishing to settle the first vessel before he attended to the other two he directed his guns at her and at the fort although the shot from the former continually hauled him one at length went through the ship's side between wind and water and the sea came rushing in like a mill sluice the midshipmen who up to this time were enjoying the fighting thought that things were beginning to look serious dicky duff especially expressed his apprehensions to his chum billy if another shot comes in like that we shall certainly go to the bottom and i'm not quite sure what will happen even now for the commander has not told us to knock off firing i wonder if he knows what has happened he is such a plucky fellow however that i suppose he will go on fighting till the ship sinks below our feet 
the youngsters were somewhat relieved by seeing the carpenter and his crew going below with the means for stopping the shot-hole while ben snatchblock with a rope round his waist allowed himself to be slung overboard to reach the injury still more rapidly from the outside he had just performed his task when another shot went right through the forepart of the ship happily without hitting any one and the damage it had caused was as quickly repaired as the other had been jack had carried on the unequal contest for half an hour or more when a third steamer was seen gliding out of the river and as she opened her fire it was soon discovered that her guns were heavier than those of either of her consorts the first shot she fired came crashing through the tornado's side i suppose we shall have to run for it now cried dicky not a bit of it exclaimed tom who overheard him the commander wouldn't be turned from his purpose even if a dozen russian steamers came out on us and we shall soon settle with our old friend she has not fired a shot for the last minute as he was speaking a thick smoke rose from the afterpart of their antagonist followed quickly by bright flames which darted upwards through the hatchway directly afterwards a fire burst out in the forepart of the ship enraged with a fury which it was clear the crew were incapable of overcoming her boats were lowered and her people were seen dropping down into them with a rapidity which showed that they had abandoned all hope of saving their ship as they could no longer offer any resistance jack humanely ordered his crew to refrain from firing on them he directed however all his guns at the fort for the purpose of silencing them before the other vessels should come up to take a closer part in the action which he fully expected that they would do though the damage he had received was considerable there was nothing as yet he conceived sufficiently serious to make him haul off still he could not help wishing to see the flag of the fort come down comparatively slight as was the damage he had received from its guns having destroyed the vessel he had chased he might without any discredit haul off considering the immense superiority of the force opposed to him but jack rogers was not a man to haul down his flag or get out of a fight as long as he had a stick standing and his spirit animating his officers and crew the tornado kept blazing away throwing shells into the fort and firing shot as he could bring his guns to bear at the three steamers they had now however drawn considerably nearer than they had hitherto ventured to approach and there seemed considerable likelihood of dicky duff's apprehensions being fulfilled jack now looked at the three vessels now at the fort it might be done he said turning to hickson if the fort were stormed and its guns turned against the steamers i would undertake it said hickson but with its own garrison and the crew of the vessel which has just been burnt it would be a hard job i would ask no one to lead it but myself said jack i will leave you to fight the vessel in the meantime should i be killed i give you orders to retire for with a diminished crew you would have little prospect of doing more than has already been accomplished i do not advise you to command the expedition said hickson you know me and that i am not likely to be stopped by any ordinary hazard jack without answering still kept eyeing the shore looking out for a place where his boats might land there's a steamer in the offing sir standing in for the bay said archie coming up to him another enemy exclaimed hickson we shall have enough of them we'll tackle them notwithstanding answered jack they show no inclination however to come to close quarters another shot from the enemy struck the tornado the commander is just a little oar brave observed dicky duff to billy blue blazes we've got terrible odds against us he knows what he is about and he'll manage to lick them all one after another depend on that said billy i don't exactly see how he's going to do that said dicky if we could but tackle one at a time it would be fairer and we should have a better chance of licking them that's just what they don't want to give us said billy another steamer coming in from the southward sir said archie who had been looking out friend or fool observed jack to hickson if the latter we must stand out and meet her and leave the three vessels in the bay 
till we can come back and settle with them still jack showed no inclination to quit the neighbourhood of the fort into which shell after shell was thrown till most of its guns had been silenced many an eye however was turned towards the approaching strangers till at length the first showed english colours a cheer rose from those of the crew not engaged at the guns the only sign they gave of their desire for assistance in another minute the number of the approaching steamer was made out she is the giaour exclaimed archie if jack ever felt any inclination to be jealous of murray it was now as he was his superior officer but the feeling which arose in his breast was speedily quelled the giaour came rapidly on murray signalized to jack remain where you are and i will attack the vessels in the bay jack ordered the signal to be made they will attempt to escape up the river stand on and stop them was the answer from the giaour the tornado accordingly steamed on towards her three antagonists which now began to turn their heads as jack had expected they would towards the mouth of the river they were thus unable any longer to fire at him while he was still able to reach them with two of his guns one firing shot and the other shell the giaour now signalized steamer to the south english hurrah exclaimed tom we are now on equal terms and can bag the whole of them the three russian vessels were still half a mile away from the mouth of the river when jack got off it and by this time the giaour was near enough to take a part in the engagement her shout beginning to tell with considerable effect on the nearest of the enemy the russian vessels now swept round apparently with the intention of running across the bay firing their broadsides at the tornado but with little effect and she in return as they exposed their sterns in flight kept up a brisk fire at them with shot and shell one of them now burst into flames and in half a minute blew up destroying the greater number of her unhappy crew the other two however still continued on their course hoping apparently to get out of the bay ahead of the giaour not being aware it was evident that another english ship was near at hand to cut them off jack knowing that they must both be intercepted made a signal asking leave of murray to pick up any of the russians still floating on the wreck of the steamer this request was at once granted and lowering two of his boats of one of which tom took the command and of the other ben snatchblock he again stood on in pursuit of the two steamers they however had not got far when they made out a third vessel coming to attack them and finding that all hope of escape was cut off they both hauled down their colours murray who was nearest to them at once sent a couple of boats to take possession of the two prizes while jack stood back to pick up his boats of the whole of the russian crew they had saved but six men two of whom were much burnt and one died directly after he had been taken on board the tornado one of the survivors a finn who having served on board english merchantmen spoke english perfectly informed jack that a considerable quantity of corn and other provisions were stored in warehouses on the banks of the river some way from its mouth it is our duty to destroy them said jack to higson i will undertake to do it was the answer an expedition was at once planned the command of which jack with murray's approval gave to higson archie was to accompany him while green and tom were to go in another boat the fort however still held out and several of its guns had again opened fire on the english vessels murray determined to take it by assault as soon as the approaching steamer had come into the bay she now made her number the bunting flying from her masthead showed her to be the flash she can only lately have arrived at the black sea and is probably on her way to join the fleet for she was only building when we left home observed jack i wonder who commands her by the time the preparations for attacking the fort had been made the flash had come close up to the giaour a gig from the former was seen to pull to the latter vessel murray now made a signal to jack to come on board he was soon alongside the giaour stepping on deck who should he see with his hand extended to greet him but terence adair standing a little way behind him was gerald desmond 
archie who had accompanied his commander and desmond were soon in eager conversation while jack at murray's invitation went below with adair there was only just time for jack to hear that terence's former ship having received some damage had been sent home to be repaired and that he in the meantime had been appointed to the command of the flash destined for the black sea i was glad to get her he observed for judging from our first year's experience in the baltic i suspected that we were not likely to have much to do in that part of the world first because the russians showed no inclination to come out and fight us and secondly because charlie napier never mind the second reason interrupted murray here you are and very glad we are to see you and now let me hear what you say to our proposed attack on this fort that i am perfectly ready to go in for it answered adair how many boats crews do you require or shall i send the whole of my ship's company two boats crews will be sufficient and the sooner you send them off the better replied murray in other words you direct me to trundle on board as fast as i can said adair i should like to lead the expedition myself and as we pull in i can take a sufficient survey of the fort for the purpose as i have had no share in the glories of the campaign you will not refuse me murray willingly agreed to adair's request and two of the flash's boats being quickly manned the three steamers stood towards the fort as they approached they were received by a pretty hot fire which they returned while still standing on with shells from their guns and running close in they brought their broadsides to bear on the fort into which they forthwith poured a shower of shot and shell the boats then cast off and led by adair pulled for a landing-place on one side from which a road led up apparently into the interior the ships meantime kept up a furious bombardment on the fort and though one gun from it was brought to bear on the boats none of them were hit adair rapidly pulling for the shore quickly landed and without a moment's loss of time led the way up the hill every instant he expected to see the enemy but none appeared turning to the right and keeping under cover of some rocks and trees he made his way towards the fort ben's snatch block had been provided with a red flag which he exhibited at the last point whence it could be seen from the ships and it was calculated that in three minutes more after this the party would reach the rear of the fort directly that time had elapsed the ships were to cease firing adair and hickson led followed closely by ben the two midshipmen being ordered to bring up the rear ben having showed his flag the party rushed on and directly afterwards a shower of bullets whistled over the spot where they had been but by that time tom and archie were a dozen yards ahead in less than three minutes they had reached the ditch in the rear of the fort not a russian helmet was to be seen on that side adair and hickson had to restrain the ardour of their followers who were eager to climb over the defences they waited till the last shot fired from the ships came crashing into the fort three or four seconds passed and no others came adair began to count one two three four five six now my lads you may come on he exclaimed and he and his party springing forward began with the agility of cats to climb over the defences not a russian soldier could be seen except those who were labouring at the guns the rest of the garrison having wisely betaken themselves to their bomb-proof chambers in consequence of the hot fire kept up by the ships they had not expected that the party they had seen landing were about to attack them and terence and his men had actually jumped down into the fort before the garrison had mustered in sufficient force to resist them they were of course quickly seen the bugle sounded and the troops rushed out of their bomb-proof chambers a considerable body headed by their commandant at length drew up across the fort for the purpose of impeding the progress of their daring assailants on lads on cried adair seeing that their best chance of victory was to attack the garrison before they had time to form into a compact body they had indeed been completely taken by surprise many having hurried out without bayonets 
fixed others with unloaded muskets some only with pikes or swords in their hands ben snatchblock had brought an english ensign under his arm keeping his eye on the flagstaff he directed his course with a few companions towards it as adair and hickson led on the main body the garrison gave way some hurrying off to conceal themselves in the chambers from which they had just before emerged while others made for a gate in the rear of the fort leading to the drawbridge which was however up before they could lower it adair with most of his men was upon them when with a loud voice he ordered them not to touch the chains unless they wished to be cut to pieces meantime ben and his companions were fighting their way towards the flagstaff a few men who were collected were quickly put to flight now up goes the british ensign and the fort is ours cried ben and suiting the action to the word the russian flag being hauled down that of england was hoisted in its stead the commandant finding that the fort had really been captured by the english came forward with a low bow and presented the hilt of his sword to adair who took it in the most gracious manner he could assume observing as he did so you have gallantly defended your fort and deserve every consideration at our hands but at the same time i must warn you that i cannot allow any of your garrison to escape from the fort after they have laid down their arms i will settle how they are to be treated the bugle on this sounded and the garrison from all directions came out and piled arms in the centre of the fort a few minutes afterwards as terence stood on the ramparts he observed murray with a couple of boats pulling to the shore adair thinking it prudent not to lower the drawbridge for fear any of the garrison might escape called to murray and his party to make their way over the walls into the fortress murray having brought on shore some strong tackles at once set to work to dismount the guns for the purpose of carrying them off while the greater number of muskets which were of no value after being broken were hurled into the sea below the fort murray highly approved of dovedare's proceedings and the commandant was politely informed that he and his garrison must be for the present content to remain prisoners within their own fort he and his officers shrugged their shoulders and observed that it was the fortune of war while the garrison seemed very indifferent to the matter probably very glad to have nothing to do and to run no risk of being shot by their enemies murray however took the precaution of shutting them all up in the bomb-proof chambers to prevent them from running away while at night a bright lookout was kept from the ramparts on all sides and all hands ordered to be ready to turn out at a moment's notice lest an attempt might be made by any russian force in the neighbourhood to recapture the fort the commandant was allowed to occupy his own quarters to which he invited the english officers who found a very welcome repast prepared for them a remarkably pleasant evening was spent and the commandant expressing a hope that the war would soon be over invited them as soon as that happy event should occur to his country house which he told them was only a few miles off up the river they all promised gladly to avail themselves of the invitation should circumstances allow them to do so End of section twenty five